Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, everyone. Thanks for listening to another episode. This is a popular podcast, but unfortunately, I can't keep doing it for free forever. But if you want to help out, then you can. You can donate to the podcast, or you can download a free audiobook from audible.com by visiting audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke, or just click one of the audible pictures on my website. That's how you can help out if you'd like to. Now, let's get started with this episode. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love this song. It's one of my favourites, this one. It's Jimi Hendrix, right? Such a great guitarist. It's brilliant. You know this one, right? Yeah. It's Purple Haze, right? Yeah. You know it. You've heard it before. It's a classic. It's an absolute classic. You can sing along with the lyrics. Purple Haze. When my brain. Amazing things. You just don't see the same. Acting funny. But I don't know why. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. What? Excuse me while I kiss this guy? Is that really what he just sang? But I don't know why. Excuse me while I kiss this guy. Excuse me while I kiss this guy? I never realised that's what he was singing. Excuse me while I kiss this guy? Well, if you've ever heard that song and you've misheard the lyrics and you've thought that he was singing, Excuse me while I kiss this guy... Um, you're not alone. In, in fact, there are loads of people who uh, listen to that song and think he's talking about kissing a man. He's not actually. In fact, the original lyric goes, excuse me while I kiss the sky. Kiss the sky, you see, because it's a sort of psych- a psychedelic song. He's talking about being so high. He's so high, he's going to kiss the sky, you see. Um, but um, uh, over the years, uh, many, many, many people have heard that and thought that he was saying, excuse me while I kiss this guy. In fact, um, Jimi Hendrix was aware of this. Um, and I, f- I think when he played it live sometimes, he did sing, excuse me while I kiss this guy. But really, kiss this guy and kiss the sky, they sound almost exactly the same, don't they? Kiss this guy, that's kiss this man, kiss this guy and kiss the sky. It's almost exactly the same. In fact, really, the connection, the reason that 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 is often misheard is because of the connected speech, right? The connection of this guy, so when you connect this and guy, this guy, it makes the G and and, and a K sound almost exactly the same. Uh, The the G at the beginning of guy uh, can sound like a K sound. This guy, this guy, okay? Uh, In fact, I think kiss this guy and kiss the sky are identical, in fact. So, um, do you ever listen to songs and completely mishear the lyrics? Because I do it all the time. In fact, everybody does. 
And that is what this episode of Luke's English Podcast is all about. It's all about those misheard lyrics, those times when you listen to songs and uh, you're hearing the lyrics wrong, and it sometimes can be pretty funny. Um, sometimes um, you only notice this when you do karaoke or something and you actually see the song lyrics on the screen and then realise that you've been hearing all the words wrong all these years. Um, does that ever happen to you? Or do you, do you in fact ever go to karaoke and wonder if the guy who did the karaoke subtitles didn't have a perfect command of English and in fact misheard all the lyrics himself because sometimes in karaoke the words are all wrong there and it's hilarious. Uh, Well, if you do often mishear lyrics then don't worry because that's really common and it happens to everyone. Uh, There are loads and loads of songs like that for me personally. uh, For example, for years I thought that Sting was singing about sausages. You know the the musician Sting? He was in The Police. He was the lead singer of The Police. I thought for years uh, that he was singing about sausages in this song. Is Is it just me, or is Sting here singing about salami? Is he saying that he likes to feel salami? You know, salami, it's like the sort, it's a sort of sausage, I suppose, a dried meat kind of sausage thing. Um, and for years, I used to listen to the best of the police on my Walkman. And I used to think, why is Sting so obsessed with feeling salami? It's a bit weird. Salami, 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 salami I feel salami, apparently. Salami. I feel so alarmy. Okay, well, that's just an example of one of the ones that I used to hear. But there are loads and loads of examples of this. In fact, there's a website um, which is devoted to misheard lyrics, and it's called kissthesky.com. And if you go to kissthesky.com, then you can find loads and loads and loads of examples of these song lyrics. There's also other things going around the internet where people share their their uh, misheard lyrics, and it's, it's a lot of fun. In fact, I'd like to say at the beginning of this, if you've ever sort of misheard some lyrics, um, then share those. Those, uh, misheard lyrics with us. Just leave a comment on the page for this episode. Uh, of course, in that song, Sing is, Sting is not singing about feeling some salami, because that would be weird, wouldn't it? Uh, why would he be doing that? No, in, in fact, he's talking about being so lonely. Of course he is. Um, he's actually singing, I feel so lonely. Uh, poor Sting, feeling so lonely. I don't know what's worse, if he's lonely or if he feels salami. I suppose if he feels... If he gets a lot of joy and pleasure from feeling salami, then what's wrong with that? But if he's lonely, then that's a bit sad, isn't it? Maybe what he needs to do is find some other people who enjoy feeling salami along with him, and then he'll be all right. Um, so what we're going to do in this episode is just listen to a bunch of song extracts uh, in which the lyrics sound like they could be something else, and we'll try to understand exactly which words are being sung. Let's see if you mishear the words too. And we'll also consider um, why it might be so easy to mishear these words. So I've done Purple Haze. I've done uh, I Feel Salami by the police. Um, I've got a list of something in the region of 26 extracts here. And we'll just go through them one by one. And hopefully it will be a lot of fun. And don't forget to leave your uh, misheard lyrics in the comments section of this episode too. And uh, let's get started then with uh, this track, which is by the American uh, rock group called Nickelback. And um, I'm sure that in this song, the singer is saying that he believes that little women must have damn near killed you. 
Little is he saying that because little women, little women must have damn near killed you. I imagine a, situ- a situation where where there's a, a load of little women and they they're all sort of attacking someone and it's really close. You know they they they're quite powerful because there's so many of them. Sure they're small uh, and they're women, but if you get lots of them. Uh, then that could be dangerous and they might actually be able to kill a person. So is he saying because little women must have damn near killed you? Let's find out. And it must have been so bad Because little women must have damn near killed you And this is how you remember Right? And it must have been so bad Little women must have damn near killed you Yeah, it must have been so bad. Uh, if If you've got like a gang of little women attacking you, that must be awful. Let's have a listen to that again. Been so bad. Women must have damn you okay, what's he actually singing there? He's not, he's not really singing that little women must have damn near killed you, although it does definitely sound like that. Um, this is, that's from the song How You Remind Me by Nickelback, by the way. Um, little women must have damn near killed you. No, he's actually saying living with me must have damn near killed you. Because living with me must have damn near killed you. He's talking about a girlfriend. And obviously how it didn't go very well, because living with him must have damn near killed her. God, it must have been tough living with him. Imagine that. Just I, We know that it can be hard to live with a person, you know, when they don't do the housework and they make noise and they're not very clean. But, I mean, if, that, if living with a person will almost kill you, then you've got to move out. You've got to move out immediately. How could... Maybe they're so. Uh, maybe he was like so unclean. He had such bad hygiene that the levels of bacteria were so high in the in the apartment that it damn near killed her. Maybe she ended up in hospital on antibiotics or something. I don't know. But anyway, living with me must have damn near killed you. Right, you can hear it now because living with me must have damn near killed you. So there, with me when he sings it, it sounds a bit like women. Wimmy, Wimmy, living with me must have damn near killed you. Little wi- living, yeah. Also, living sounds a little bit like little when you remember that T sounds are often softened in American English. Um, so not living with me, but little little women. Okay, uh, maybe he needs some English lessons. Okay, let's move on to the next one. This is one of my favourite bands of all time. A great. Uh, band from Manchester, one of the one of the great uh, uh, sort of rock groups, indie rock bands from Manchester in the late eighties, early nineties, part of the Manchester scene. This is the Stone Roses, and um, I mean, I know that they were a bit high. I know that they were probably smoking a bit too much. But um, did Ian Brown really want to become a part of the furniture? Because it sounds like in this so- in this song, he sounds like he wants to become part of the house. In fact, he's desperate to become a door. Have you noticed, if you ever listen to this song, he really, really wants to be a door. I don't know why. Maybe he just wants to be open. You know, he's an open-minded sort of person. Anyway, apparently Ian Brown would really, really like to be a door. Really wants to be a door. I know he sounds a bit casual there in that part. He's like, yeah, I want to be a doorman. I mean, I'm just I'm fed up with being a person and I want to be made of wood and I want to sit in a doorway and I want people to open me from time to time um, and slam me when they get angry. 
He's getting, he seems a bit calm and chilled out, but he gets more passionate as the song goes on. Listen to this. Ladies and gentlemen, oh my God! You can feel the need, just how much he wants to be made of wood, and it and it gets even more passionate as the song goes on. Listen to this. He doesn't just want to be a door; he's got to be a door. I mean, I, I realise that living in Manchester can be tough, you know, but uh, it can't be that bad. It can't be so tough that you just decide that you don't want to be a person anymore. You just want to be a door. I mean, that must be really hard. Of course, that's not what he's actually singing. You, you might know the song. In fact, the real lyrics are, I want to be adored. He just wants people to love him. That's all. He wants to be adored. I want to be adored. All right, but... Is it? I don't know if it's a Manchester accent or if he's just lazy or if he's stoned or whatever, but he's not pronouncing the D at the end. Clearly, he needs some English lessons too. I want to be a door. Well, fine, Ian, you can be a door if you want. Don't let me stop you. I mean, Bruce Jenner, you know, became a, a woman. Caitlyn Jenner now. I'm sure that you can be a door if that's really what you want to be. I'm not going to stop you, okay? Um, that was recorded in 1989, but Ian Brown is still walking around as a human. He hasn't managed to become a door yet. Uh, in fact, I used to, he used to live next to he, he used to live next door uh, to where I used to work in London, and I used to see him walking around sometimes. He's got a very specific kind of walk because he's from Manchester, and like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, a bit of a wide boy from Manchester. And um, he used to sort of walk around like that with that sort of uh, swagger. Anyway, um, so I guess because the ending of the word trails off in that song, it's quite easy to imagine that he's not adding a D sound at the end. And he's not singing, I want to be adored. He's singing, I want to be adored. Uh, Yes, let's move swiftly on. We're now going to hear from Leona Lewis, who uh, was like a a big pop star um, sort of a few years ago. Is she still around, Leona Lewis? Anyway, she had a big hit, which was called Bleeding Love. And um, I swear that in this song, she says, you call me your banana. I mean, maybe she's talking about uh, a boyfriend, how much she loves him. And apparently her boyfriend calls calls her his banana. You call me your banana, she says. Let's have a listen. Just reduce the volume slightly. There we go. You call me your banana. You call me your banana. You call me your banana. Is it just me, or is she saying that you call me your banana? You call me your banana. Keep reading. You call me your banana. Now, to be honest with you, I don't know what she's actually singing. Because whenever I hear that, all I hear is, you call me your banana. Um, what about you? What do you think she's singing? Leave a, leave a comment in the comments section. What is Leona Lewis actually singing here? Maybe she is saying that you call me your banana. You know, she's sort of so touched by the fact that he's got this uh, lovely nickname for her. Oh, I love the way that you call me your banana. 
a bit of a weird nickname. I know that couples, you know, they have their own little nicknames for each other. Maybe that's it. Maybe he calls her his banana and she loves it. Yeah, well, I honestly don't know what she's singing. I mean, you could check out the lyrics um, on the internet, but uh, do that. Or just tell me what you think she's singing. Is she singing You Call Me Your Banana? Uh, Let me know. Okay, let's move on to another uh, singer, a female singer. This one is Duffy. She comes from Wales, I think. Duffy. Um, And uh, she had a big hit um, probably about 10 years ago now. Maybe a little bit less than that. Um, But um, for me... When I hear this song, it sounds like she's saying, you got me begging you for birdseed. Like, she really wants birdseed. We had Ian Brown saying he really wanted to be a door earlier on. Uh, But Duffy, she desperately wants some birdseed. In fact, she's begging someone for birdseed. You know what birdseed is, don't you? You know, if you've got birds in the garden, you might want to feed them. So you get like a bag of seeds and it's called birdseed and you throw it out and the birds come and they peck it and eat it. And apparently Duffy loves birdseed. And in fact, she's so desperate for birdseed that she's she's begging someone for birdseed. Have a listen to this. got me begging you for birdseed i mean what what a t- i know that relationships can be complicated but um if if you're in a relationship with a guy and he's forcing you to beg him for birdseed then you might want to just you know reappraise the relationship um unless that's what you like maybe you enjoy being you know getting down on your hands and knees and begging a man for birdseed uh, don't ask me why Give me some bird seed, please. Um, no, she's not actually singing. I'm, I'm begging you for bird seed. She's actually saying you got me begging you for mercy. She actually wants mercy. That makes a lot more sense. You know, she's like, please mercy, give me mercy, meaning sort of like uh, uh, release me or um, stop being cruel to me. Um, like, uh, yeah, stop being cruel f- to me. Please give me, show me some mercy, which, if anything, is is even worse. I mean, I'd I'd rather she was begging him for birdseed than begging him for mercy. I mean, if she's begging him for birdseed, maybe she's hungry. Maybe that's what it is, and birdseed is the only food available. She's like, please give me some birdseed, which is quite bad because that means that maybe she's been kidnapped or something. But equally, if she's begging a man for mercy... Uh, that sounds like he's being a bit cruel to her there too. Unless it's one of those, you know, romantic forms of mercy. Like, please, you know, tell me that you love me too. Get, show me some mercy. Maybe that's what it is. Uh, let's listen to the Eagles. In fact, then it's not the Eagles. It's just Eagles. And um, oh, what a great band from, from California in the 70s. And uh, this is a track that uh, many people sing at karaoke. You know it. It's Hotel California. Uh, but did you realise that um, there's a there's a line in this song about how uh, it's such a nice surprise when your rabbit dies, which um, I don't agree with. I think it's never really a nice surprise when your rabbit dies. It's usually a horrible surprise. It's like oh my god, like you you might you know you might if you've got a pet rabbit. Obviously, it's tragic and terrible. Maybe you'll get up in the morning and you go oh I'll go and check out the rabbit, give it some food, and you realise oh god the rabbit's it's not moving. So it's not really a nice surprise when your rabbit dies. In fact, it's a horrible surprise. So I don't know why the eagles are singing about that. But anyway, let's have a listen to that. They live 
sounds nice at this point. Uh huh. <laughs> no, no, don't you think so? Uh, okay, maybe. It's, uh, what a nice surprise when your rabbit dies. I think actually they're singing What a Nice Surprise with Your Alibis. Uh, maybe that's it, with your alibis. And obviously an alibi is a story that you can use to prove your innocence. Like, for example, if the police are questioning people, they're trying to find a murderer, and uh, you know there's some evidence that links you to the crime, but you need a story uh, which proves that you weren't there and that you didn't do it. And that story is called your alibi. Okay, alibi, not alibi. Uh, no, alibi. Um, so yeah, it's all right. I've got an alibi. Um, there you go. So maybe they're talking about an alibi, but it sounds a little bit. Mm, it's yeah. When your rabbit dies, the D and the B. Uh, it's it sounds a bit like a B, doesn't it? This might not be the strongest one in the list. Anyway, um, that's the e- that's the Eagles. And sticking with the theme of classic rock, we're going to move on to here from the Stones, the Rolling Stones. Brilliant band. Mick Jagger is obviously a hilarious lead singer. Sometimes he's so sort of animated that uh, it's, it's not always easy to hear what he's singing. And uh, in this classic uh, track, which I think was recorded in the early 80s, it sounds a bit like he's saying, in Yugoslavia, you'll never starve. So I suppose, I mean, obviously Yugoslavia doesn't exist anymore, but at the time of recording it did. So maybe he was saying that in Yugoslavia, you know, you'll never be without food. Is that ironic? I don't know. But in Yugoslavia, you'll never starve. Yugoslavia! In Yugoslavia, you'll never starve. Apparently, in Yugoslavia, you'll never starve. Oh, it's a great opening, isn't it? Just imagine Mick sort of prancing around singing about sort of Eastern Europe. Apparently there's plenty of food in Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia, you'll never starve. Life's good in Yugoslavia. Yugoslavia, never starve. Never starve. Never, ever, ever starve. Uh, apparently the quality of life there is pretty good. Or was it? I don't know. I don't know if this is uh, if this is factually accurate, what he's singing about. But don't you think he sounds like he's saying in Yugoslavia you'll never starve? Let's have another little listen. I love the guitar playing by Keith Richards. Here we go. Yugoslavia. Don't make a grown man cry. Sorry, I had to just go into that bit there. In Yugoslavia, you'll never starve. Well, no, that's not what he's singing. He's actually singing, if you start me up, I'll never stop. Uh, If you start me up, I'll never stop. So obviously, if you start something up, it's just another way of starting it. In fact, you start up your computer, don't you? Uh, That's right, if you start start up a computer. In fact, I always found it pretty funny that when I got my first uh, computer, I got a, uh, like a Dell uh, desktop 
Windows operation with a Windows operating system. And it came with a free MP3, the first MP3 that I ever had. And it was, uh, of course, it was Start Me Up by the Rolling Stones. And it was a sort of like a bad joke, like a gag. If you start me up, if you start me up, I'll never stop. As if to say, if you start up a Dell computer, then uh, you'll find it's rather functional. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move on. Um, Sister Sledge. Come on. There, this is an absolute classic. If you play this track at a party, it's, it's guaranteed to get people to dance. You know the one I mean. It's... Um, we are F- we are family by Sister Sledge, produced by Nile Rogers, just a genius that guy. Um, but is it? I'm sure that they sing. Just let me staple the vicar. Just let me staple the vicar. You know, I mean, a very weird thing to sing in the middle of a song, but uh, it certainly sounds like that's what they're singing. Let me staple the vicar. Do you know what staple means? You know, if you've got a, you know. Uh, a few pages, uh, a few pieces of paper, and you need to attach them together with a little metal clip in the top corner. That's a staple. And it's also a verb as well, to staple something. So it's like to attach pieces of paper together with a staple. And a vicar is a a priest in the in the Church of England. A vicar, you know, uh, a man who works in a church. He's got like a black... Uh, black clothing with a white collar a vicar just let me staple the vicar uh apparently uh, sister sledge just really want to staple a vicar i don't know why but that certainly sounds like what they want to do let's have a listen just let me staple the vicar just let me staple the vicar what that's clearly just let me staple the vicar isn't it Why? Why do you want to staple the vicar? What's the vicar done? And where are you going to staple him? Uh, Just let me staple the vicar. They've never actually clarified uh, what, why they, what they've got against vicars. I don't know what their problem is. But then they get the next line, they go on to say that we're giving love in a femidom. Uh, do you know what a femidom is? You know what a condom is? Okay. This is a little bit rude, ladies and gentlemen, this bit, this word here. You, you know, most of you are like, yeah, fine, no problem. Throw it throw it at us, Luke. Come at me. Uh, but some of you, you know, you might be a little uh, little sensitive about these sorts of things. Anyway, we're, we're giving love in a femidom. We're giving love in a femidom. We're giving love. What's a femidom? Well, you know what a condom is. You know where a condom goes. A femidom is the same thing, but for a woman, for a lady. Okay, a femidom is an alternative form of, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, contraception. Um, and uh, instead of the condom, which goes around the penis, the femidom goes inside the vagina of the lady. And it's like a sort of protective uh, uh, rubbery sort of thing. And there you go. It prevents the lady from... It's very important, obviously very useful. It prevents uh, the spread of venereal diseases, which is a very good thing. And it can also uh, prevent uh, unwanted pregnancies. And, you know, the whole point about an unwanted pregnancy is that you don't want it. So um, there you go. Apparently we're giving love in a femidom as well. What are they talking about? Just let me stay for the record. Okay. We're giving love... Then, Sister Sledge, um, just fine. I'm a liberal person. If you want to, you can do that. And again, I'm afraid. I don't know what they're singing. I actually don't know what they're really singing. Um, 
so that one's open. If, you, if you've got an idea of what they're actually singing there, then leave a comment on the website. Are they really saying they want to staple a vicar and then give love in a femidom? I doubt it. Um, songs are normally a bit more coherent than that. Okay, now everyone knows the song um, Living on a Prayer by Bon Jovi. That's also a karaoke classic, even though no one can hit the high note that there is in that song. Uh, but it's, a, it's an all-time classic favourite song. But um, it, obviously it's a song about, uh, you know, passion, about, you know, trying to live the life you want to live. Um, and uh, I didn't realise that John Bon Jovi was a nudist. But apparently he says it doesn't make any difference if we're naked or not. Does it, he doesn't mind if, if they're wearing clothes, if they're not wearing clothes. doesn't make a difference, apparently. doesn't make a difference if we're naked or not. doesn't make a difference. Fine, clothes on, clothes off. What the hell? Yeah, yeah, okay. Fine, I mean, I think it does make a difference, John. Um, depending on the context, of course. I mean, if it's just the two of you with the curtains drawn at home in privacy, then, yeah, maybe it doesn't really make a difference if you're naked or not, unless it's cold. Unless it's a very cold day, in which case you want to wrap up. You don't want to catch a cold. Um, but if you're out in public or if you're in a business meeting, then I'm sorry, it does definitely make a difference if you're naked or not. Unless, of course, everyone is naked, in which case it's sort of all right, isn't it? Uh, as long as everyone's naked, you're all sort of on the same, uh, same level. You've been brought down to the same sort of level of nakedness, then fine. You're on the same level of status there. But if, if there's just two of you in a business meeting and everyone else is wearing, you know, formal clothing and you're naked, then it does make a difference. So you're not going to win the contract, John, if, if you're naked. So I know you're feeling passionate, but I, I would say it does make a difference if you're naked or not, depending on the context. I know you're going to disagree with me. It does make a difference, John. Of course, that's not what he's actually singing. Do you know what he's really singing? He's saying it doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. Uh, okay, so it's a song about a couple and they're trying to uh, get by. You know, they're just trying to make ends meet. Uh, obviously, they don't. They work in difficult jobs and they're not being paid very much. But the main thing is that they've got each other. Okay, we've got each other and that's a lot. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not, um, which is a romantic sentiment, I would I would say. Um, I wonder if the girl agrees. He's saying, look, you know, I've got a crap job and I'm not getting paid very much, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not, because we've got each other and that's the main thing. And she's probably going, eh, OK, yeah, but it would be good if you if you got some money, though, wouldn't it? Um, I think. I think it would be better. Um, so I agree. I agree to an extent. But, you know, get back on the job search internet site, would you, John? Uh, or maybe she's like, yeah, that's it. That's what, I, that's what I needed to hear. That's the kind of romantic sentiment I needed from a man. Maybe. Um, the thing is, the M in make it and the N sound in not... Uh, and uh, sorry, the M sound in make it and the N sound in naked, they do sound a little bit similar. Also, the T sound in make it, uh, make it, it sounds a bit like a D, doesn't it? Make it. Uh, doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. Make it or door. So 
certainly in American English, T sounds often sound like D sounds. It doesn't make a difference if we make it or not. Okay, so if you could imagine that the M is an N sound, then certainly the T in make it does sound a bit like a D sound. So it's really just the M and N bit. Okay, Uh, now Billy Ocean in the 1980s had a massive hit, probably around the world, with this song. But uh, did you realise that there's a a rather rude lyric in there? And in fact, he's he's not as nice as you imagine. He's always smiling in his videos and stuff, you know, very positive. But in fact, he, he seems to be telling us to go and get stuffed. You can go and get stuffed. Do you know what to get stuffed means? It's like to, to, uh, slightly rude, but you could say, I'll go and piss off. So if you really hate someone and you want them to go away, you can say, I'll go and get stuffed. Piss off. Go and get stuffed. You can go and get stuffed, according to Billy Idol. Uh, Billy Idol? No, Billy Ocean. Billy Ocean. Billy Idol's someone else. You can go and get stuffed, he says. You've got to get it through to you. He really means it. He really means it. He's not such a nice guy. Okay, really? Uh-huh. Okay, we'll go and get stuffed, he says. Go and get stuffed. Uh-huh. I, you can probably identify that he's actually saying when the going gets tough. And when the going gets tough, that just means when things get difficult, okay? When, and the song goes, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. Um, so when things get difficult, then the tough, meaning the tough people, they get going. It's, it's the moment when tough people, you know, take action and do things. When the going gets tough, the tough get going. Okay, so to get going means to start doing something. Okay, when the going gets tough, the tough get going. All right. But it can sound like when you go, you can go and get stuffed. The beginning part of the phrase doesn't really work because it does sound like when the going, it doesn't really sound like you can go. But anyway, but go and get stuffed sounds pretty good. Gets, gets tough and get stuffed. They sound pretty close. Gets tough and get stuff. They're almost identical. Gets tough and get stuff sound pretty close so when 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 we go when we go and get stuff it could be the anthem to uh maybe it could be the new song to advertise ikea when we go and get stuff you know when we go and buy furniture when we go and get stuff when we go and get stuff we go down to ikea you know, that sort of thing. There's a sale on at Ikea. So when, uh, when you go and get stuff, come down to the Ikea sale. Yeah, okay. I'm not going to start advertising Ikea in a hurry, I don't think. Not with that song. Um, now, I th- was it last year? Was it the year before? Miley Cyrus was, was sort of all over the internet. Um, famously, uh, she was a child star. And then she sort of grew up a bit shaved all her hair off and started to become all sexy, which was a bit confusing, wasn't it? Um, she started twerking. She, she was at some awards ceremony, some music awards, and she was doing a performance where she was twerking everywhere, and it was awful because she, she couldn't twerk. She couldn't do it. But nevertheless, whatever you thought about Miley Cyrus, she had a huge hit with this song. And um, 
But weirdly, she's, is she singing, I came in like a rainbow? It certainly sounds like it. I came in like a rainbow. I can live a life sure she is. For my life. What does that mean anyway, to come in like a rainbow? That means you sort of like, uh, only when it's raining and the sun is shining at the same time, that's when you arrive in a multitude of colours? Maybe. We'll always want you. I came in like a rainbow. I came in like a rainbow. I never hit so hard. Yeah, she came in like a rainbow. That's awesome. She's, she didn't really come in like a rainbow. She came in like a wrecking ball, which you all knew because that's the title of the song, isn't it? A wrecking ball. You know, if, uh, if you if there's a building and you want to smash it down... Uh, you might have the lucky job of being the wrecking ball operator. And that means you operate like a large crane. And on the end of the crane, there's a long chain. And at the end of that chain, there's a huge round metal ball. It's called a wrecking ball. And you use it to swing into the building and it smashes all the walls down. It's a way of bringing down a building. So she's actually saying, I came in like a wrecking ball. Um, and uh, that means that she sort of was hit really hard in love. It's again another song about passionate love. That's what we want from our pop songs. But uh, I quite like the idea that she came in like a rainbow because that's sort of sweet, isn't it? She sort of uh, arrived in lovely colours with a pot of gold at the end. What do you think? Are you convinced by that one? I wonder. I wonder if you're convinced by that one at all. Um, now, 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 uh, just before we go any further, um, I, uh, I haven't told you about the... Okay, here's a, here's a little bit of publicity, okay? This is going to take about one minute, so just bear with me. But, you know, I'm trying to finance my podcast, so I'm, I'm just attempting to, to do little bits of sort of sponsorship uh, uh, promotion, all right? So this is what I'm doing now. I'm trying to keep it interesting for you by talking about the UK's most popular books in an effort to not only inform you about literature and about culture in the UK, but also maybe to suggest that you might want to download an audio book. Um, so let me tell you about the UK's seventh most popular uh, book, and it's a children's classic. This one is called Winnie the Pooh. Do you know it, Winnie the Pooh? It's by A.A. A. Milne. And by the way, Winnie the Pooh, that's not, it's not dirty. It's Pooh spelled P-O-O-H, so it's fine. Winnie the Pooh by A.A. A. Milne. This is the story of a bear called Pooh and his animal friends who live in a nearby wood. Okay, uh, these stories have delighted children and adults alike for generations since they were first published in the 1920s. Um, this, and I'm talking about the UK's, the, the popular UK original version, and not the later Disney animations, because Disney also did a version of Winnie the Pooh. It's not the same. I'm talking about the classic, old, proper. UK version with the lovely illustrations and everything. I used to read these books when I was a kid. My, my grandma had them in her house and I used to read them whenever I was there. Um, and they were an endless source of amusement and happiness. They're perfect for kids and I'm sure that you'll enjoy them too because the audiobook versions are read out by great actors and you'll hear voices that you, you will absolutely love, including none other than Stephen Fry again, who's uh, one of the greatest sort of sounding voices that you can get really. And also Dame Judi Dench. 
You know Judy Dench. She's a great British actress and she's been in movies such as the recent James Bond series. She um, has been, I think in the last three Bond films, she was M, James Bond's boss. But you probably know her from other stuff too. That's Judy Dench. She's got a lovely, rich sounding voice. Uh, and so she's one of the people, as, along with Stephen Fry, who actually reads out the audiobook version. And if you're looking to download one of these, you can. Um, you, I would recommend The Collected Stories of Winnie the Pooh. It's on audible.com and it's free if you sign up for a 30 day trial with Audible. To do that, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke or click on an audible picture on my website and if you if you sign up to the trial and if you don't like the service you can cancel okay within those 30 days you can cancel and you won't pay anything but you can keep the audiobook so if you're clever you can get an audiobook for free uh, all the details are on my website so check it out audible trial dot uh, com forward slash teacher luke okay i'll tell you more about the uk's uh, most popular audio books and books and stuff in the future but f- now let's carry on with uh, these uh, songs with misheard lyrics and uh, we're now going to listen to credence clearwater revival credence clearwater revival they were sort of like a hippie group from the 60s um one of my favorite bands they're brilliant um and not only do they sing great songs with great guitar playing and stuff uh they also give you some useful bits of advice like in this song where uh the singer i think his name's john fogarty um just reminds you that if you're looking for the toilet there's a bathroom on the right Okay, there's a bathroom on the right, according to Credence Clearwater Revival. So if you're desperate for the loo, there's a bathroom on the right. All right. Okay, there's a bathroom on the right. So it's just down the corridor. Uh, Just keep going. And then there's a bathroom on the right. All right. So, you know, you're never going to be stuck now for the, to- for the toilet because the- there's one on the right. No, that's not what he's singing. Do you know what he's actually singing there? Could you actually hear what he's really saying? Let's just have a quick listen again. So it's not there's a bathroom on the right. It is, in fact, there's a bad moon on the rise. There's a bad moon on the rise. And that's from a song called Bad Moon Rising, which is all about sort of the end of the world. It's a uh, slightly uh, depressing sounding song, a dramatic song. It's like a sort of end of the world type thing. Um, And apparently there's a bad moon on the rise, which is a a bad thing. So don't come round tonight because you're bound to lose your life because there's a bad moon on the rise. But if you need the toilet, it's it's all right there's a bathroom on the right just up there so basically all the vowel sounds are the same in that there's a bad moon on the rise there's a bathroom on the right all the vowel sounds are the same and you need i guess just a little bit of imagination to sort of uh skip over some of the consonant sounds but um um it's pretty close um now deep purple classic rock band from the uk um uh but uh in this song which i'm sure you'll know is it just me, or are they telling us that small cousin Walter is firing this guy? Small cousin Walter. So you've got a cousin, his name's Walter, and he's short, okay, he's small. And he's got a business, okay, and there's a, there's a guy in his office and he's, he's dismissing him. 
Uh, he's giving him the sack. He's firing. So uh, what's going on in the office? Oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's just it's small cousin Walter. He's firing this guy. Yeah. Uh, oh, God, that sounds uh, unfortunate. Uh, what did he do wrong? Oh, he's just rubbish. He's no, he's no good at doing his job. So small cousin Walter is firing this guy, everybody. Um, it's an absolute classic, isn't it? What do you think? Do you think the small cousin Walter is firing this guy? Sounds a bit like it, no? Small cousin Walter is firing this guy. No, he's not. No, he's not actually. It's in fact, it's smoke on the. Of course, it's smoke on the water, fire in the sky. Smoke on the water, fire in the sky. Don't you think the fire in the sky sounds like firing this guy? Fire in and firing sound really similar. And there we have the sky and this guy again, just like we had with Jimi Hendrix. Small cousin Walter is firing this guy. Smoke on the water is firing this guy. Okay, they sound really similar. Smoke on the water. Okay, it doesn't sound a lot like small cousin Walter. You need a bit of imagination for that. But certainly is firing this guy. They sound pretty similar, don't they? Okay, let's listen to this slightly sad song. This is a song by The Cars, and it's called Drive. And it all sounds a bit serious and wrong and and sad. But then they start singing about food. What's going on? In fact, the next few songs all contain references to food. I suppose being a musician can make you hungry, especially in a long recording session. And after a while, they start sort of singing rather sadly about food. Now, is it just me, or does the singer mention a pork pie? in this film. Do you know what a pork pie is? If, you ever, if you've ever lived in the UK, you're probably going to know what a pork pie is. It's like a pie full of pork. It's not simple. It, it is, sorry, it is simple. It's not complicated. A pork pie, it's the sort of thing you can buy in a motorway service station in the UK or in a Tesco supermarket. It's just like a little small pie with like processed pork meat inside and jelly and then lovely thick uh, pastry, little pork pie. So I think the cars are from the UK. So I imagine that when they get hungry in this studio, they start thinking about pork pies um, and maybe even start singing about them as well. So just listen out for the reference to a pork pie in this slightly sad song. You hear it? Pork pie. He's like, oh, I really want a pork pie. Can anyone, has anyone got a pork pie? Can't go on thinking nothing's wrong. Pork pie. Pork pie. Yeah, oh, I'd love a pork pie right now. Nothing's wrong. No idea what he's actually singing. 
Honestly, sorry, don't know what he's singing. But if you want to check it out, you can just search the internet for uh, the lyrics to Drive by the Cars. But I like to think that he's wishing for a pork pie. Now, um, Michael Jackson, he was a bit thin, wasn't he? But apparently he did eat junk food. In fact, he loved a good burger. And uh, in this song, he's uh, obviously in love with someone who who prepared burgers for him. Because he, according to him, your burgers are the best. Okay, so uh, I'd love to know which restaurant he's talking about, because I love burgers too. Which, who's he singing about? Anyway, he, he wants to tell them that he thinks that their burgers are the best. Your burgers are the best, apparently. The burgers are the best. Oh, yeah. Your burgers are the best. Okay, all right, Jacko. Uh, calm down a bit. Don't get so emotional about burgers now. Maybe he's singing your burdens are the past, but it sounds, I would rather he was saying your burgers are the best, but, um, he's not alone. Here's another thin pop star who apparently loves a bit of junk food. And this is Celine Dion. And she, apparently she's singing about hot dogs. Yeah. I believe that the hot dogs uh, go on. I believe that the hot dogs go on. I believe that the hot dogs go on as well, Celine. Especially if they're like long ones that you can buy in America. They have the huge hot dogs and they just go on and on and on. And I believe you too, Celine. You know, I know that you're in wherever it is, Canada or France or something. Maybe other people don't believe you, but I believe that the hot dogs go on too. In fact, I, I really hope that they go on because I like a hot dog. You are, I believe that the hot dogs go on. Of course, she's not singing about hot dogs, unfortunately. She's not saying that I, I believe that the hot dogs go on. She's saying I believe the heart does go on. Um, and, you know, we use does, we use the verb do as a way of em- emphasising a verb. I believe that the heart does go on. So she's emphasising that the heart does go on, that it goes on. She's insisting uh, that the heart does go on. But in this case, it makes it sound a bit like she's singing about junk food, that she believes the hot dogs go on. Um, Led Zeppelin next. Led Zeppelin, Stairway to Heaven Stairway to Heaven. Now, um, obviously, the Stairway to Heaven, I guess what uh, Robert Plant is doing here is he's trying to give you some directions just to make sure that you do find the Stairway to Heaven. It's like the Stairway to Heaven's up there. There's a bathroom on the right, which is convenient. But the Stairway to Heaven's up up there. But don't go down the road there because there's a wino down the road. And if you know anything about winos, then, well, they can be a bit aggressive. He might be a little antisocial. Um, he's probably going to demand money from you. So don't go there. Go up the stairway to heaven. Don't go down the road because there's a wino down the road. You know what a wino is, don't you? A wino is an alcoholic, someone who can't stop drinking wine. He's a wino. Uh, so watch out because there's a wino down the road, according to Robert Plant. There's a wino down the road. Did you hear that? The 
yeah, there's a wino down the road, so uh, you probably better not go down that way. Just take the stairway to heaven. Um, yes, okay. No, he's not saying there's a wino down the road. Although uh, there probably is a wino down the road, depending on where you live. Uh, but uh, no, he's saying as we wind on down the road. As we wind on down the road, which is like sort of... If the road is a, a long road, a long and winding road, maybe... Um, then you would wind on down the road. So the road like is winding, like going round and round and round, maybe down the side of a mountain as we wind on down the road. But uh, here it sounds like the D in wind uh, and wind on, it sounds like it disappears as the N sound and the D sound sort of fuse together. So you end up with, as we wind on down the road, uh, why no, why no, wind on. As we wind on down the road, and there's a wino down the road. Yeah, they sort of fuse together. Wino, wind on, wind on, wind on, wind on, wind on, wino. Sounds a bit like that. Anyway, this next one is one of my favourites. And uh, this is from a, a classic uh, sort of ballad by Seal. Remember Seal? Not the seal that you'd find at the beach. You know, oh, 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 not that kind of seal. Uh I don't think a seal ever actually recorded a song. <laughs> uh, no. Anyway, no, this is a musician called Seal. And this is a track called A Kiss from a Rose. And um, uh, a bit weird, but apparently his eyes are becoming larger. Uh, my eyes become larger. Ready? That when it snows, my eyes become larger. The light. My eyes become larger, and and apparently that happens when it snows. Did you know that when it snows, his eyes become larger? God, that must be tricky. Best probably stay in a warm place then, because it's not going to be good if your eyes become larger if it snows. It probably has to move around a lot, you know, just to stay near the near the equator where it doesn't snow seal because it would be very inconvenient if your eyes turn into lager first of all you won't be able to see and secondly they'll just they'll just probably like flow away and you'll lose them unless you like lager maybe like, oh i'd love some lager right now well just hang around and maybe if it snows my eyes become lager when it snows did you know that Great. When it snows, your eyes become larger. Okay. Do they go back? Do they become eyes again at any point? How do you know that your eyes become larger when you snow? That's not what he's singing, but I'm sorry. I've no idea what he's singing there. As far as I'm concerned, uh, from the moment I heard this song, he's always been singing, my eyes become larger. And I've got no idea what else it could be. Okay, that, those are the lyrics of the song for me. It's like a passionate love song. Did you know when it snows, my eyes become larger? Okay, very sincere there. Right. Maybe he's saying my eyes become larger, but no, sorry. I think it's definitely larger. Um, okay, we're going to get a little bit rude here as we approach the end. There's about one, two, three, just a few more uh, uh, extracts to go. We're going to get a little bit rude, okay? So if you're sensitive about rude stuff, then just watch out. Uh, you might want to sort of uh, turn off the recording. Uh, but if, if you're not bothered, carry on, all right? Are you really sensitive about some rude stuff? It's not that bad, but anyway... This is a track from a French group called Air. Remember them? 
Do you ever hear them? They did sort of chilled out kind of lounge music. It was really cool stuff. And um, this in this particular song, the girl singing just makes a suggestion. She makes a sort of calm, casual suggestion that you might want to go off and uh, um, like have a bit of a wank. Yeah. You know what a wank is, don't you? That's where, I mean, men and women can do it. I imagine that men do it more than women, but who knows? I mean, women tend to be quite secretive about these sorts of things, whereas men are slightly more open about it. But anyway, to wank is to go to probably, I'd imagine in private, you should be doing it in private. Don't do it in public. That's really not a good idea. Anyway, it's when you, uh, it's, uh, it's when you play with you, yourself and give yourself pleasure. It's considered to be a sin in some religions, of course, uh, like very serious sin. Um, in some religions, it's a sin. I, I, personally, I don't think it's a sin. In fact, I've read that it can be healthy, in fact, because, you know, you've got to sort of clean out the tubes every now and then. Also can help you to deal with stress. I'm not trying to justify anything. I'm just saying. Anyway, according to this song, um, it's, it's quite a nice idea, quite relaxing to have a wank. Okay, have a listen. suggestion well since she puts it that way it's i mean it's hard to say no to that isn't it the way that she's so love such a lovely voice like okay okay i think i will (laughs) since you put it that way I'm just going to pause the podcast for a moment. I'll be back in about five minutes. Uh, okay, I'm back again. Um, all right, so let's move on to the next song then. Um, and this is Brian Adams, okay? Uh, brilliant song, all about his, his youth, uh, this one. Uh, it's called The Summer of 69. And he just comes straight out of the top of this track uh, by letting you know that he's had a wet dream. That's right. In fact, he says, I got my first real sex dream. I got my first real sex dream, apparently. Um yeah, you know what a sex dream is, of course. It's where you dream about having sex, and sometimes you wake up in the morning uh, and uh, you, you're going to have a shower. Anyway, apparently Brian Adams in 69, in the summer of 69, he got his first real sex dream, which was so exciting for him that he decided to write a song about it. It's a great, it's a great track. Lovely song. Classic. I got my first real sex dream. What? I got my first real sex dream. He really did get his first real sex dream. And then he wrote a song about it. Fair play to you, Brian. I got my first real sex dream. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's an achievement, isn't it, when you get your first sex dream, your first wet dream, I suppose. And if you're talented as a musician, why not write a song about it? You could get famous off the back of it. Imagine in a stadium with, you know, thousands and thousands of people singing the song and everyone's like, yeah, me too, Brian. I got my first real sex dream as well. I got my first real sex dream. The crowd goes wild. That's not what he's really singing, of course. He's saying, I got my first what? I got my first real six string. A six string is a kind of guitar. It's a six string guitar. I got my first real six string. 
sometimes the dr sound uh the dr in dream dream can sound a bit like a tr sound especially when it's followed when they when they follow a k k sound like in six so what i'm saying is that after k like in six then dr and tr can sound the same so six string and sex dream six string sex dream sound really similar don't they yes they do I got my first real six string. Okay, well, you know, thanks for writing a song about it, Brian. Now, Alicia Keys um, is famous for being a vocalist, and she uh, sang about New York in very passionate terms. Um, but uh, she's also talking about wet dreams as well. In fact, it's a little bit weird what she sings about in this song. She's saying, New York, concrete jungle, wet dream tomato. Uh, which doesn't make sense, Alicia. I know maybe it's poetic license or something. But anyway, concrete jungle, uh, wet dream tomato. Fine. Concrete jungle, wet dream tomato. Yeah, concrete jungle, wet dream tomato. Okay. Oh, wow, the passion of the wet dream tomato. There's really nothing you can't do when you've got a concrete jungle wet dream tomato. Uh, why is she singing that? Actually, that's not what she's singing, is it? No, she's actually saying concrete jungle what dreams are made of. I think. I think she's saying concrete junk New York concrete jungle what dreams are made of. I think that's what she's saying. New York, concrete jungle, where, dreams are made of. where dreams are made of? Weird dreams are made of? No, it's it's not. Sorry. It's concrete jungle wet dream tomato. Okay, and that's what it will always be. I imagine that with some of these songs, you're never going to hear them the same again. Whenever you hear them now, you're going to be like, concrete jungle, wet dream tomato. And your friends will be like, what? And you'll say, yeah, those are the lyrics. Didn't you realise? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. How about this one? Now, this is from a classic movie uh, from the 1980s again. This is Ray Parker Jr. And uh, apparently... He's singing, who are you going to call? Those bastards! Okay, that's not very nice, to be honest, Ray Parker Jr., to call them bastards like that. But um, nevertheless, apparently we're going to call them. Here they are. Something strange in the neighborhood. Who are you going to call? Those bastards! Those bastards! This sounds like a song... To be honest, this sounds like a, a song all about how you have to call your bank... You know what I mean? So he, there's something strange in your bank account. Who are you going to call? Those bastards at the bank. Who are you going to call? Those bastards! something weird. And it don't look good in your bank account. Who are you going to call? Those bastards! Yeah. Yeah, of course he's actually singing Ghostbusters. Uh, but the vowel sounds are pretty similar. 
Ghost ba- Ghostbusters, those bastards, and the you know the emphatic way that he's singing it, those bastards. Uh, it all contributes to uh, what I consider to be a rather funny misunderstanding. Um, now, here's a song by a French group from the '90s, and it's they were called Eiffel 90, uh, Eiffel '65, and they did a track called "I'm Blue," and I I'm I was never really sure what the lyrics were, but I listened to it carefully recently. And I realised that what they're singing is, is this. They're singing, I'm blue, I will pee on a guy. If I was green, I would die. I will pee on a guy. Okay? I don't know if it's because they're French, they're, they're sort of, uh, the, the, the English level is not so good, and they end up saying something that doesn't make total sense. Or maybe it's intentional, and they're making abstract sort of, uh, an abstract tone poem of different concepts and words and things. Um, I'm blue, I will pee on a guy. If I was green, I would die. Thank goodness he's not green. Thanks, thank goodness he's blue. So he's going to survive. But unfortunately, he's going to pee on a guy. Poor guy, whoever that is. I'm blue, I will pee on a guy. If I was green, I would die. I'll pee on a guy. Okay. <laughs> I, it's, no, it's I'm blue, I will pee on a guy. If I was green, I, I would die. I will beat up a guy. He's going to beat up a guy? As, he's going to pee on a guy and beat up a guy? I would beat up, I would beat up a guy. Don't beat up a guy. Uh, and certainly don't pee on a guy either. Uh, To be honest, it's just nonsense, isn't it? It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, But with that theme of the sort of robotic voice, here is a a track by the Beastie Boys, one of my favourite bands, and this is uh, their song Intergalactic. And again, rude language warning here, but it sounds like there's, there's a sort of robot that sings during the song, and it sounds like the robot is saying, I'm having a big shit, I'm having a big shit, I'm having a big shit, apparently. I'm having a big shit, ladies and gentlemen. I'm having a big shit. 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 No. I'm having a big shit. I'm having a big shit. I'm having a big shit. No, he's not having a big shit. Because I imagine that robots don't do that. Um, no, instead it's another another dimension. Another dimension. Intergalactic, planetary, planetary, intergalactic. Another dimension, another dimension, another dimension. I'm having a big shit. Um, mm-hmm. Okay. This is the last one, everyone. This is the, the last one uh, in this series on uh, uh, mis- misheard lyrics. And this is Shania Twain. 
Shania Twain. Remember her from the 90s? A lot of stuff from the 90s in this episode. Shania Twain was a sort of a huge star. I don't know if she made it to where you are, but certainly in the States and in the UK, she was a big star. It's like this sort of country pop kind of thing. And she was very much the sort of girl power. And she did that song about a man, I feel like a woman and stuff like that. Um, And in this track, which is called That Don't Impress Me Much. Sorry, Shania, but to be honest, your grammar don't impress me much. It should be that doesn't impress me much, but I'll I'll let you get away with it because it's a song. Um, And, uh, Apparently she's she's singing to a man and she she can't believe that he kisses his cock at night. I can't believe that you kiss your cock at night apparently. That's what she's saying. Yeah, she's you're one of those guys who kisses your cock at night apparently. Let's hear. I can't believe that you kiss your cock at night either. I mean, how do you even manage that? I mean, it's it's difficult. You have, you've, got, you've got to be very flexible, honestly. Um, it's just one vertebrae. That's the only difference. Um, so uh, I can't believe you kiss your cock at night. Really? Is that what she's singing in this in this popular song? Before you let me Actually, you know what she's singing? I can't believe you kiss your car goodnight. Because she's singing to a man who loves his car. And he, she can't believe that he kisses his car goodnight. Me, I can't believe he kisses his car goodnight either. What kind of person does that? Um, I'd almost have more respect for him if he kissed his cock goodnight, to be honest. Because I'd be like, how, no, how did you do that? That's amazing. No one's ever done that before. But no, he's just a sad guy who kisses his car goodnight. Boring. But um, that's what she's singing. I can't believe that you kiss your car goodnight. You must be you must be joking, right? <laughs> yeah, really. You must be right? Yeah. Okay, that's the end of this episode. Uh, Don't forget that if you've ever heard songs that you didn't really uh, pick up on the... If you heard songs where you didn't really understand the lyrics or you think you might have got them wrong, then do share your misheard lyrics uh, on the website. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Luke's English Podcast. That's all I've got for you in this one, but I'll be speaking to you again on the podcast in some form or other very soon. But for now, though, it's just time to say goodbye, so I'm going to do it right now. And here it is. Goodbye. Bye, 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 bye. Thanks again for listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.